follow Mrs. Pietru, Tanya Pietru. Good morning. Thanks for coming out this morning. And uh, we've had a good a couple of days. And uh, I, I, I love missions conference. Missions conference is my favorite uh, meeting every year at our church. We do it in May. Um, I try to go to a couple other conferences uh, during the year uh, just to be challenged and charged and stirred up and I, I love it. And uh, if, the, if this is your first uh, service of the missions conference that you've attended, uh, I am not Mike Flick, all right? <laughs> you come back next week and, and he'll be here, I think. And uh, I, I pastor in Post Falls, uh, Idaho, and um, the Heritage Baptist Church. And um, I'm so thankful to be here uh, this morning. If you have a Bible this morning... Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to the Bible. Uh, let's let's go to Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. And Luke chapter five, and we'll just read these first eleven verses. Um, if you read your Bible, uh, they'll, be, they'll be familiar to you. If you don't, uh, you might have heard this story before as well. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's an oft-preached, I would say, thought. And uh, let's pick it up in verse 1. And it came to pass, Luke 5, 1, it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, that's Christ, to hear the word of God, he, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And if I have my understanding right, you have the Sea of Galilee. This, this is where he's at, just different terminology. And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master... Uh, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help him. And they came and filled both the ships so that, both, uh, that, so that they began to sink. Uh, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." For he was astonished at all that were with him, uh, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And uh, I want to uh, I want to speak to you this uh, morning on the test of yielding and um, sub submission, um, getting under authority is something that uh, we, we deal with every day. Uh, even if you're in charge, there, there's someone over you. And um, Christ, Christ spoke of this. Um, he recognized it in a centurion one time and said, this man's got great faith. And, uh, you know, Paul spoke of it, 
the head, the head of every man is Christ. The head of Christ is God, and the head of the woman is the man, and he gives an, he gives an order. There's authority, and I, I would say under that would be children. And there's, a, there's authority in our lives. Uh, I, I use this saying, and I heard it somewhere, and I use it often. You have to get under what is over you so you can get over what is under you. I'll say it again. You have to get under what is over you. Authority. Got to get under it so that you can get over what's under you. You, you, you can't expect people to follow you if you won't follow who you're supposed to be following. Well, you want them to and you expect them to, but they won't if you won't. And they're going to struggle with it anyway because you struggle with it. And so when we talk about yielding, and uh, it, it's associated with submission, uh, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough word. Being, you know, the, the word would be being subject. You, everybody loves just to be called, you're just a subject. No, no one likes that. No, no one likes to just be a subject, but we are. We're subjects. We're under. And this is a test. And in this passage, uh, Jesus gives the invitation to really four men. He's going to speak kind of directly to Peter, but he's going to speak to four men here who would soon be known as the disciples and then apostles, uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And uh, before he gives the invitation to uh, follow me, uh, Christ is presenting them with a, a test, in particular to Simon Peter. And it is that test of yielding. So, so yielding is this. It means to, to, to give up or submit, uh, to comply with, uh, to give way. So you get to a yield sign. Do we have yield signs here? Yield signs. And you give way to the, to the car. You don't want to always. You, you think you should be going first, but you give way. Um, and to give place to, to give place to something. Yield is, yielding is, a, as we said, a, a, a movement at an intersection. Now, now, don't think about vehicles here for a second. Think about your life. You have intersections in life. And, and you have opportunity to go, you know, different directions. So yielding is a movement at an intersection where you, you give way or you take way. And that's, that's a, that is a question. Are you going to give way or are you going to take way? In Christianity, um, you, you give way. Look, look at Romans chapter 6. We, we should look at a few scriptures. We don't have a lot of scripture this morning. And, uh, but, but look at Romans chapter 6. And uh, verse number uh, 12 let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lusts thereof. Okay, now notice here, verse 13. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That's a choice. I would say that's your way. That there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So you have your way, or you have God's way. Uh, your way or God's way. And so he says here, then verse 13 going on, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. So if you're saved, that's what you are. You're alive from the dead. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, you have the quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. You're made alive. It's awesome. There's nothing like it. You can't beat it. So if you're alive 
unto God, you're to yield. See, here's that, here's that thing again that we talked about the other night is that you have choice. This side of eternity, you have a choice. And, you know, there, we, have, we have a saying, don't sweat the small stuff. But you still got to consider them. Because the small things will yield you to the big things, to the bigger things, to whatever the biggest thing is. And whatever you think the biggest thing is, there might be something bigger. But first you've got to take care of the small. These, these little tests that God throws your way. And it's not like he's you know, giving you an email that says, all right, today we're having a test. Um, you just get them. And so, so you have this choice here, and that choice is, is, you know, someone said only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. So, so what, what, what are you going to yield here? He says, yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members. That's, that's just this body. Your members. Your fingers are members and your eyes are members and your ears are members. And your, your, this, is, this, this all has members to it. Yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So, so the, the, the choice is you give way to unrighteousness unto sin. Really, you're taking your way under unrighteousness, under sin, or you're giving way under righteousness to God. That's the choice. And so it's a test of yielding. So in Luke 5, we're going to see uh, at least four different tests. All right, we're, going to see, we're going to see the test of your stuff, uh, of time, of your will, and of your pride. And certainly those two are associated, but the, but the first of all is your, your stuff. All right, we read it. Look again at, at Luke in chapter number 5. Pro probably put a marker there. Again, like I said, I don't have a lot of Scripture for you to turn to this morning, but, but we'll try to refer to a few. But look what he says again in verse number 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. Simon's ship. Okay? So your, your body has members, but it's also known, it's known by di different things because, you know, you're a, you're a house, you know, a building. You know, you're, you're, you're different things uh, to God, but, but so, so, and your body, and, and so you're a vessel. We're a vessel. So a, a ship, we would consider it to be many times a vessel. And so he, he wants your vessel, and, and he says in verse number three, he prayed him. So, you know, th there's a great, by the way, just little definition. He's, he's asking. The Lord's not praying to Peter. You understand that? Everybody understands that. Well, most everybody understands that. But, but he's asking. So, what is, so praying is simply asking. Right? I mean, ask, seek, knock. So it's, it's, it's asking. He, he, he prayed him. He said uh, that he would thrust out a little. He, he's, not, he's not asking for, you know, take, take, us, take me all the way to the other side here. Just, just a little way out. I need some room. And if you know anything about speaking, you know, you get out on the, a, a lake, it's amazing how far those voices can carry, isn't it? You just, you know, I, I, I live, um, you know, in, in Post Falls, Idaho, we have a lake there called Court, the, the Lake Coeur d'Alene. It's just, it's absolutely stunning. And uh, um, I, I do a lot of work on the river. 
uh, for, my, for my other job that I have, and, you know, it'll just be completely still. And you can hear those people that are far down because that it just carries. So the Lord has a purpose in this besides asking for Peter, but Peter is going to be the person that he's going to test here. So it's a test of, of stuff here, and he says, and I need to read on here, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So um, what, what is this? This is your possessions. This is what you have. It's what you have. And, you know, the Lord's not asking for what you don't have. He's, he's asking for what you have. And look at my notes here so I don't get ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, in, in the scriptures, as far as I can read, he asked one man to sell all that he had. One man. He, he's not asking you to do that. I don't think he could. But I'm not saying that he's asking that. He's just asking for your stuff, and he's asking for what you have. So many people, uh, we're, we're, I've said this numerous times, we're in a, we're in a building, uh, uh, a project uh, on September 27th. Uh, we have a, a capital campaign fundraiser. We're asking our people to commit to give a certain amount of money one time and then also weekly to, 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 to help us pay for this uh, building and, and keep it going and growing and, and, and so on and so forth, and people always, and I, I give some numbers, not, not as a goal, but as an illustration, and then people, they get all worried. And they come up to me and they say, I, I, I can't give that, I don't have that. And I, I really try to be gracious, I try not, I'm, I'm very sarcastic. And I have to really, really watch my sarcasm all the time. I just, I just bite and devour if I'm not careful. I got to pause and breathe. And I say, well, the, the, Lord, the Lord's not asking for what you don't have. What, what do you have and what can you do? See? So the Lord says, Peter, you got a, you got a boat. And um, I, I'd like to use it. I'm not, he didn't say I want to have it. Just, I just want, I want to use it. And, and we need, listen, we need stuff to live. Like, so, so possessions, goods, stuff, things, money, substance. So we'll get the hardest one out of the way right away. Our, our stuff. And, you know, today we can equate all of that down to money. Because whatever we, money, we, we buy stuff with. And we need stuff to live. We need stuff to live. And I'm convinced that God even allows... Uh, some to have more stuff than others. I, I know that. That's just how it is. And at the same time, God wants all your stuff to be willingly offered and available to Him. We, we mentioned last night about, about the tithe, or yesterday afternoon, about the tithe is the Lord's. Now it's all His, but the tithe is the Lord's. And the rest of it, we just willingly, we just, okay, Lord, here, here it is. And he uses it, and I still get to have it, but he gets to use it. And I think it's very important to note here that, again, that Christ, he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. Uh, what, what is that? He, he, he desired the use of the boat, but he did not require the use of the boat. He desired the use, of, he didn't require the use of the boat. He, he requested the use of the boat, 
but he did not demand the use of the boat. What's he doing? He's offering a choice. Now, I, I think that if Peter doesn't let him use his boat, he goes to the next one. If he really needs to be thrust out a little bit so he can speak to the he just goes to the next one. And if James and John say no, he goes to the next one. And we have different disciples. But he didn't. He didn't. Um, first of all, because Peter, Peter says, oh, all right. If I know Peter, he was a little reluctant. And, and so Peter, Peter had a boat. So we look at our life, and here's, here's, here's what sometimes we kind of do. Well, I don't have a boat. I'm out of this one. Yeah. Yes. I don't have a boat. Yes. Yes. But he's not always looking for a boat. But he's always looking for a vessel. And, you know, in the scriptures, Moses had a rod. What, what's that in nine hand? Right? A rod. You know? Um, David had a sling and five stones. And Samson had a jawbone of an ass. And Gideon had a trumpet and a pitcher. And John the Baptist had a voice. A little lad had five loaves and two fishes. How about this? A widow had two mites. And the Bible says about when it was all said and done, she gave more than much. Because she cast in, the Bible says, all her living. All her living. What does that, what does that mean? Well, we, we would say, what do you do for a living? And we're asking what you do for work. Just every, everything that she worked for, she just said, here it is. Well, it's easy to do when you don't have much. We gave that illustration yesterday. It, it, it sometimes is easier. You know, I've had to write the larger tithe checks, and I'm going to tell you, man, those are a little bit different. They are just a little more difficult. You know, it's just like, man. But, but what's right is right. And God won't make you give it up. I really don't think he will. I think he'll... I think he'll ask again sometimes. I think he'll sometimes turn up the heat a little bit to ask you, but he won't make you give it up. But he will ask for it, and he will take it. And whatever's in God's hand is always better than in your hand. And always better. And so, give it up. Give it up. This morning, point number one, give it up. What is it? Well, I don't know what it is. Not for you. So have you given it up? Best of my ability, I have, and, but there's always this afternoon. There's opportunity for a pop quiz. I went back to school, this just right now, I'm back in school. Um, I'm back in college. I'm 50 years old and I'm back in college. You just, you're like, what a fool. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, and I've never liked school, you know. Sorry for you kids that are in school. School's cool. Not really, but just, just. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get a C. So you're not trying to get an A. I hope so, but if I get a C, I'll be, I'll be glad. And, and, and 
Oh, tests. Tests are tough. I can do the reading and I can, but the tests, this thing isn't, isn't what it used to be. And it's not better, I'll tell you that much. And, and uh, those pop quizzes come. And so far I've been all right, but, you know, I've never passed every test that the Lord's asked me to, but I want to pass every test that the Lord asks of me, and I don't want to get a C. I want A+. Plus. I want 100% with a smiley face and a star. So give it up. So what, what is it? It? Okay, I'm just... It is what the Lord speaks to you about right now, or just a few minutes ago. Just, no, no, not that. <laughs> Probably. Does that mean you're going to lose it? Well, it'll be better in the Lord's hands. And so you, so you give it up. And how do you do, how do, you do that? Here, we, should, we should answer that. How do you do that? Here's, here's, here's how it is. Lord, it's yours. That's it. We don't have to crawl on our knees on glass to do it. We don't have to tell anyone. It's the Lord's asking. Uh, number two, back here to Luke chapter 5. And I would say the second test, and I gave, gave it to you, is, is time. It's time. It's time. These men were busy men. They're working men. Uh, time is of the essence always. Time's, time's the most valuable commodity that we have. We, we can make more money, but we can't make more time. It, it just... Those are gone. We want to make them count for the Lord. And so we have time. That's why the, you know, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Lord, my days are numbered. My times are in thy hands. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Time, time. But, but Christ always knows the time better. Christ always knows the time. Like if, we, if we were to, I, I'm a watch guy. I mean, I love watches. If, if I have a uh, bad habit, it's watches. I, I can spend hours looking at watches. I go by a store, I want, I, want, I, want, I want to look at cheap watches, I want to look at expensive watches, and then I want to look at the more expensive watches. And I, I just, I love, I love watches. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I'll wear two. Well, they're a wristwatch and I have two of them. I got two wrists. This isn't a watch over here today, but sometimes I'll wear two. And you know what, sometimes they'll tell different times. Because usually one's a, an automatic, you know, just, just goes off the movement of your wrist, and then usually one is my Apple Watch. And, and they'll tell different times the Apple Watch is usually better than the automatic one, but the automatic one is better looking than the Apple Watch. And which, which one is right? And when we consider time, God's time is always right. The problem is, well, there's a lot of them, but um, 
doesn't it usually seem that God is not as in much of a hurry to get things done that you want done as you are? Like if you, if you, like, like for, for some of your, some, some of you younger, you, you're waiting, you want to get married and you're just, you're kind of like, Lord, hurry up. You know, cause I'm ready. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? I'm ready to get married. That's come on, guys. That's the best joke of the day. I'm ready to get married. That's just like saying uh, we're, we're we're waiting till we're ready to have children. <laughs> That's really really good. <laughs> anyway, I gotta laugh at my own jokes if no one else does. God God knows. God knows his time is right. Um, for, because we're in church and Sunday school, look at Isaiah 46. God's time is right. God knows with these men, okay, that washing, work, work, work that they're doing, washing and mending nets is needful, but that time with Christ is more needful. Doesn't he, that's, that's, we get that picture in Mary and Martha. What one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. God knows that washing nets that are going back in the water in a few minutes can wait. Have, have some patience. The scriptures tell us, ye have need of patience. Now patience can be that waiting, waiting type thing where we're standing in line twiddling our thumbs or whatever. It's also endurance. And I think it's probably the greater term in the scriptures. You have need of patience. God knows you're tired. These guys are tired. They've, they've been fishing all night. We're not, look, these guys, this is what they did for a living. It's not like four buddies who said, hey, let's go out and we'll, we'll grab the cooler and get some vors. Is that what they're called? Those are delicious, by the way. I'm pretty sure I've gained five pounds by now already just off of those, all right? But, but let's just get and we'll just sit out there and we'll catch some whatever fish you catch. These are, these are, this is their job. They're commercial fishermen. And so... He knows they're tired, but there's nothing like a good catch to cheer the spirit, so just, just watch, just watch. And time for Jesus, and time with Jesus, is never a waste. Time for Jesus and time with Jesus is never a waste. Give Jesus the time. And so, Isaiah 46, 10 the Bible just says you're declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So what are you saying? Uh, the Lord knows the time. You know why? He's already been there. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that works. That'll start causing your brain to spin. But, but the Lord's already been through this. He knows the time. And uh, he declares the end from the beginning. But this is one of the, by the way, tests of Scripture and tests of the Lord. That he can do that, that he can say that. Then go back here to Luke chapter 5 and number 3, your will. And again, I've hit on these things already. But, but verse number 4 Now, when he had left speaking, 
He said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a, I think it's draft. Let it down. Testing his will. You see that again in verse number uh, 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will. I will. I will. So it was a test of his will. By By the way, to this point, Peter's passing. Get the boat. And the, the time, the will, and uh, your will is so important. You know, Christ would pray, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Lord, thy will, thy will be done. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us to stay, and so on and so forth. That is, by the way, in the Bible. You have to be careful of vain repetitions, but it is a prayer in the Bible. And so, thy, thy will be done. Uh, we, we know that in the Scriptures, uh, Lucifer, the light bearer, he seems to be the first to exert his will against God's will. Now, Isaiah chapter 14. We're not going to turn there. I, I, I will. I'll rise. I will ascend. I will. I will. I will. And so then, let me take, make, make a strong statement, but then that exerting your will against God's will is satanic. And now what I didn't say is you worship Satan. I didn't say you're a Satanist. It's just of Satan. He, he, that's what he desires. Remember, remember the Lord said to, say, to, to, to Peter, a Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And how does Satan, or how does Peter, Peter respond? Well, he denies the Lord three times. He rebukes him, he denies him three times, and well, I don't think that's of God. And by the way, thank, thankfully the Lord's not done with him. And I think we can find some solace in that, that, oh, I failed that test, I'm just going to quit school. That's not what you do. You fail a test and you stay in school. And there's going to be another test coming. And praise the Lord that there's another test coming. And you're going to do better on it because you failed the last one. But you know the answer now. And you might fail it again. (laughs) Because you know the answer, but... I'm not writing that answer down. So you have to give way to God's will by subjecting uh, to his word, at thy word. Look at verse 5 again. Notice it, verse 5. Nevertheless, at the end of the verse there, nevertheless, at thy word. Now this is the third message I've preached here, and all three of them I've mentioned this book right here. Because it's so vital. So, so at his word, at his word, going to let it down. We can get into how that Peter was supposed to let down both nets and he only let down one, but, but it was at his word, at his word. And so we're to yield to his uh, word. Jeremiah would say in Jeremiah 20 verse 9, I will not make mention of him, I, I will not, I will not, 
I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But then he says this, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. You know what he did? He got his will corrected. Now some of us have a stronger will than others. It's going to be a little bit more difficult. And each one of these tests, some of them are harder for others and easier for others. But, but they're tests nonetheless. And will you be made willing? Will you be made willing to change your plans for God's? Will you, will you be made willing to change your plans for God's plans? Peter's done fishing for the day. There's no fish out there. We, we know this water. But the Lord's asking him to do something. Would you be made willing to change your plans for God's? Lord, I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be made willing. That's it. I'm trying, to, trying to give you a solution here. How, do, how would I do that? Lord, I'm, I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be made willing. And that's how the Lord works in our hearts. He's willing to make us willing. Then, then last test is uh, your pride. And you, you, that's five through, verse 5 through 10. And uh, what this comes down to is that Peter, Peter's a fisherman. Okay, so Jesus is a carpenter. Carpenters don't tell fishermen where to find the fish. Just like fishermen don't tell carpenters how to build the house. When they do, those trades cross. Some of you are tradesmen. Those trades cross, and, you know, they're just, they just kind of laugh at each other. I, I go to our church building every day. And I actually told the builder when I left town on, on uh, a Friday, I said, uh, or whenever I left town now, Monday, I said, hey, you won't have to see me for two weeks. But I'll walk on and I'll say, why, why are you doing it that way? Now, I am not questioning what they're doing because I'm not a builder. I, I really want to learn. I, I want, I want, why, why? But they look at me like, what? because that's how we do it. You got a better way? No, 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 just, just want to know. By the way, they, they looked at me like that until I cooked for them twice. Now I come on the site and they're like, Pastor. <laughs> If I'm lying, I'm dying. That's how it went. <laughs> Peter's a fisherman from a family of fishermen, and Christ is not. And Peter toiled all night, and he caught nothing. And uh, th th this is uh, um, pride. Pride will hold you back from going forward. Pr pride will hold you back from going forward. And then, then because of pride, which yielded partial obedience, they get a broken net. Okay? So again, just look at verse number six. Uh, excuse me, verse number five, the end of that. Notice he says, I will let down the net. The Lord said in verse number four, let down your nets. I'm sure you've seen that. He says, I'll let down the net. And then verse six, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their singular net break. So pride and partial obedience gets you a broken net. So got you a catch but a broken net. So I would say to you then, which net are you holding back because you know more than God?
The, the Lord says, I want just the, both those nets or all those nets. And you say, I, well, we haven't caught anything. I, I, I got this thing. Lord, you're just the Lord. I'm fill in the blank. And so the, the answer would be just, just give in. What's this come down to? It's, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your vessels, a living sacrifice, holy. All of it. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's just this, in your heart, you're just getting down on your knees and just saying, Lord, here I am. And I'm not much. But you're everything. Lord, would you take this stuff that I got and use it for your glory? Would you take my time and re- help me to redeem it? Lord, I struggle with my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And Lord, I humble myself before you today, and I just say, uh, Lord, don't, don't let the net break. Here's the nets. It's the test that the Lord wants from you. Why? Because he wants you. He loves you. And he'll use you for his glory and for his honor. All right, let's stand. during the Bible study hour, we don't give an invitation. We're not going to give one now, but it seems kind of fitting, doesn't it? My goodness. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're not going to play any music. I just want to give you just a few moments to let that sink in, and I know we're about to step outside and enjoy some fellowship, and um, I'm looking forward to that, but I really believe God was reaching out to some people just now. You've probably felt that test going on throughout this missions conference, right? You've, you have um, been challenged through what you've heard, what you've seen, and uh, the Lord might be asking for your boat, might be asking for your obedience, throw out the nets, plural, maybe you've just been throwing out one net. doing the will of God according to the word of God. That's a big test. That's a big test. Not just making stuff up for God. Say, God, this is what I'll do for you. No, no. You do the will of God according to the word of God, at thy word. I'm just going to have one more thing that I'm going to pray and we're going to have fellowship. But, you know, God reached out to David and anointed him when he was a young man. Right, he was young. God reached out to Moses when he was 80. Abraham was 75 when God started with him. These apostles that we're reading about in Luke 5, young 20s. 
23, 25, right in that age range. My point in saying that, I don't care how old you are or how long you've been walking with God, how long you've been saved, God can reach out and go, what's that in your hand? 80-year-old Moses. Abraham, you're settled into your life in Ur of the Chaldees, but it's time for you to leave your kin and country. Or some of you guys in your young 20s just getting out of university, ready to start life, the Lord might just look down and go, you know what, I have a completely different plan. I know you've been aiming at getting that job and moving to that place, but I'd like for you to be a fisher of men. And that's your test. That's your test. Lord, we don't want to rush you. I, I, Lord, I, I'm not going to stop praying until you tell me to because I, I think you're working in some hearts. We need this. We needed this. This is what we've been looking for. You've been working this entire weekend. And we just want to soak that in. Help us, Lord, to rise to those challenges when those tests come about, even when we fail. And Peter did many times. We, we want to follow the example of how he got back up and kept trying. And you were so faithful and just to forgive his sin. You'll do it for us as well. But Lord, those that are you're, you're reaching out to this morning, young or old, new Christian, old Christian, whatever it is, as we just saw, the preacher illustrated it well. May we fall to our knees in humble obedience and just say, God, the whole thing's yours. It's in your hands. Not a better position to be in. Father, help us. Bless our fellowship. But as we assemble again in just a few minutes, we're, <clears throat> we're hungry, Lord. We want to hear more from you. Continue to meet with us and minister to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys enjoy some fellowship out there. and We'll come back few minutes and worship God together again.